if there is something in your heart, if there is like a calling or some burning desire or passion and it's in your heart, trust that it's there for a reason and trust that God has put it there because the potential for you to do this is real and that you have the ability. It wouldn't be placed in your heart if it wasn't being sent from a higher source. And if it's going to bring healing and help and service to the world, who are you not to follow that? Because you are worth it. And we all have incredible gifts, talents, abilities. They're all different. They come in different ways, some through song, some through writing, some through whatever it is, and through food, through creativity. And it's for you to follow that, listen to that, hear that, because you've no idea the impact you can have on other people's lives by simply following your gift. Welcome to the Wild Expansion Podcast. Each individual has an inner lion that is brave, fearless and heart-centered. Wild Expansion is about learning how to connect to your inner lion and be fearless in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Learn tips and strategies to help you wildly expand your potential and create the abundant life that you deserve. So Miriam, thank you for coming on. The first question I have is that I was doing a wee bit of research online and I see that you are a pharmacist, first of all, and you have a huge passion for holistic health and wellness. And I think that's a, a unusual mix, a unique mix, because, you know, it's a Western medicine incorporated with the Eastern. Um, have you always had a passion for like holistic health and wellness or is it something that's developed over time? Um, so, yeah, it's a good question. And to be honest, I there's always been something I suppose within me from even in a teenage years I always had a real I suppose grow or love for the integrated or holistic approach Um, I was always interested in health always interested in well-being and I suppose that's initially what led me to study pharmacy because I was wanted to help people get better and healthier. Um, But from an early age, I did have an interest. And I think my mom played a big role in that. Um, She gave me Louise Hay's book when I was, you know, a teenager. And that was all about, you know, positive affirmations and the mind-body connection and how it's very connected. So that was instilled on me from an early age. And then when I was in college, when I was studying pharmacy for my final year uh, thesis, I did it on complementary and alternative therapy. So I definitely was always kind of interested and intrigued by the, the Eastern medicine and their philosophy behind, you know, how the mind and the body are so interconnected and that spiritual aspect. Um, so I always had that interest. And then I think it, it was great for me to go through the Western system as well. So to kind of get a good idea and inclination into how they both work and how they both you know, can collaborate quite well and, and how in some aspects they're different. And I think it's just, it's good to have that rounded approach where you mix the complementary with the conventional. And would you mind like talking us through your career journey from being a pharmacist to a wellness practitioner? Yeah, so I started um, in, so I started, I studied pharmacy in RCSI in Dublin and that's a five-year program practice study so you're in college and then you come out and you do your your first year of your it's kind of like your internship 
so it's your, your placement year. Um, and I did that in Galway in a community pharmacy. And I did a little bit of time in the hospital as well there just to kind of dip my toe in to see which I preferred and which I'd like to stay or to go into once I finally finished. So that's how it started. And then when I qualified, I started working in community pharmacy. So I spent um, between my five years of studying and then 10 years working as a community pharmacist. So I was in that kind of world for I guess, 15 years. And I suppose I learned so much um, in that journey and in those years in how we look after our health and I suppose what happens when something breaks down on us and something isn't working or functioning the way that we want it to be. And being in community pharmacy, you're really kind of at that front line where you're meeting people day in, day out, you know, having the chats with them, filling out their prescriptions. And I was in the same pharmacy for a number of years during that 10 year spell. And I suppose in a way that was very beneficial for me because I was able to see the progression in people's development. And I suppose what was quite stark for me and really, really stood out for me was the kind of whole area of polypharmacy. So someone might come in with a prescription and it might be just for one tablet, two tablets, and then in a year's time or two years time or three, four years time, now they're on five or six tablets. And it's because, you know, sometimes when you're going to get into the system, one tablet is needed to counteract the side effect of another tablet. And it kind of can spiral out of, you know, out of control in some situations. And for me, it was just, I suppose my mind was blown wide open into how we look after our health. And at some level, I felt my limitations in pharmacy world because all I was really doing was, you know, fitting out a prescription. Here's your box of tablets. See you next month. Good luck. And what I noticed as well was if a person left the pharmacy with their, you know, their box of magic pills and nothing in their lifestyle changed from one month to the next and then they'd come in and get the prescription filled that really you know alarm bells went off for me because if nothing ever changes well then nothing will ever change Mm -hmm. and it became apparent to me also the rise in scale in things like um, our chronic illnesses which really a lot of them are lifestyle related so things like our diabetes, obesity, heart disease, um, digestive disorders, anxiety, depression. And the, this was kind of escalating. And I really noticed it as well that every prescription, you know, you'd see anti antidepressant medication, you know, you'd see stomach tablets, you'd see. And it was just this trend that I was really, I suppose, becoming aware of. And I just asked myself one day, is there something else that I could do that might be able to help people be more preventative and help people not need as much tablets or not depend on an external source to try and heal them. Mm. And from that, um, I started to expand my lessons and learning and studying. So I reduced my pharmacy time, went to part-time and then started to look at integrative nutrition, look at you know meditation, mindfulness, yoga, um, and kind of how now it all interacts and bridging it together through the mind, the body and, and the soul, which is really your passion, who you are. Are you living a life that's in alignment with your dreams, you know, in a job that inspires you, a relationship that, you know, brings out the best in you? What's your home environment like? What's your, sl- your sleep, your stress? You know, all of these have a massive impact on our health. And sometimes we don't prioritize them or maybe aren't aware 
of the impact that it may be having on the physical body. Mm. And making that career shift to focusing in the integrative wellness field, um, did you find it hard to go against the grain, Miriam, at the initial stage, or how did you like stay focused in your own lane? Um, so I was still working in pharmacy when I started to do my external trainings, as I'd like to call them. Um, and initially, yeah, it was a little bit hard because you're trying to balance both balls and you're, I was, you know, starting up my own private stuff on the side with health and well-being coaching and yoga and, you know, mindfulness meditation. So you're trying to really juggle, juggle that. So in the end, I, I reduced down, as I said, my hours to part-time in the pharmacy to try and balance that out. And then it just got to the stage where I really had to sit and ask myself, you know, where is it that I want to be? Where do I feel like I'm going to give the best service to, to the world? Because at, at one level, I felt that I'd be doing a better job if I got out from behind the counter and spoke about it and helped people spread the message of preventative, proactive health care mm-hmm. instead of treating sick care when I felt it was a little bit too late. Mm. So I got to that stage where I had to kind of, you know, live my own talk and take my own medicine and ask myself authentically what's in my soul. And at that, le- at that stage in my life, I was feeling a little bit squeezed or not fulfilled in the pharmacy world. And I had a kind of deep calling within me to, to make the jump. So I did eventually. And it's scary. And it's, you know, when you're in a job where it's a safe, secure job and you're getting paid well and you're getting your weekly wage, it is very frightening and scary to say, okay, I'm going to leave all that behind and step out into the unknown and God knows where this will take me. But I just knew I had to try it. And, uh, and thankfully, I, I haven't looked back. And I don't, I don't ever regret my days in the pharmacy. I absolutely adore them. And I'm so grateful for them because they have allowed me now to understand uh, the body, understand physiology, understand medication, and just bring that with me so that I can merge it with everything that I do now. And um, have you noticed that there's a higher rate of people getting better through like the holistic approach rather than the pharmaceutical way? Yeah. So, it's you know, it's not to ditch pharmaceutical tablets or medicine at all, by yeah. the way. I really, want, I really want to make that clear. Um, there's absolutely a time and space for, for medicine and we do need them and they've saved, saved lives, you know, of course, and especially in acute situations or traumatic situations or you've you know infections going on of course we need them and trauma but for the longer lifestyle related chronic diseases I feel it's very important that we start to integrate what we're doing every single day and start to look at what we're doing every single day and the impact that that might be having on our system and when we start to dissect it and I suppose stop just treating the symptoms at the surface level and start to scrape back the layers and see, well, what actually is the root cause? So what, why might I have this illness in the first place or this disease, which really means a lack of ease when you break it down? And that might be a lack of ease just in my lifestyle. It might be my, I'm working too long, which is causing stress in my body. And if there's stress in my body, there'll be inflammation in my body. If there's inflammation in my body, it can show up in many different ways. Or, you know, if I'm in the wrong relationship and I'm not feeling loved or 
whatever it may be, that will create anxiety and stress and headaches and tension. Or if I'm not moving my body, you know, energy in movement, energy in motion means emotion. So if I'm stagnant and still mm -hmm. and sitting a lot or driving a lot, I'm not exercising, I'm not releasing my endorphins, I'm not releasing trapped emotions, I'm not flowing freely with life, mm -hmm. which can end up again in accumulation of a physical manifestation of tension, tightness, stiffness, rigidity, arthritis. So it's it's so important that we that we don't say one thing in isolation, but we kind of look at an umbrella spectrum mm -hmm. of a person, whole person, and that's what holistic means. You look at the whole person and, and their lifestyle. And then it's about trying to make small, tiny little changes, just tiny things every day, little tweaks. And by doing that, you'll see a long-term effect. And it's not a big drastic change or, you know, 21 day this, or, you know, they don't work because they're short-lived and not sustainable. So it's really about what are the long-term tiny things I can do every day that will help me then to sustain that and just try and feel healthier and more vibrant in my life and like from following you on instagram and seeing the work you're doing you're very you're unreal like you're just doing all the right things <laughs> but do you ever have like an off day where you're tempted to like have an extra bag of sweets or something and how do you like maintain your your motivation yeah absolutely by no means am i perfect absolutely not at all um I'm human beings, which means I'm human being, sorry, which means that of course um I have bad days and ups and downs and ins and outs and I experience anxiety and fatigue and all of these, you know, things that are very human and every emotion we're meant to feel them. And if we start to run away from an emotion or start to not feel it or suppress it because we think it's bad or wrong or not positive um, that's that's really not a healthy way because every emotion has its place so anger is a very healthy emotion it has its place it needs to be moved out of the body in a healthy way if we don't we suppress it and then then we can self-sabotage through overeating over drinking not not looking after ourselves or lashing out in an in a inappropriate way so we all have emotions we all feel happy sad lonely you know we go through different challenges in our lives and we, we we internalize things and externalize things in different ways so absolutely I have ups and downs and ins and outs and I've been on my own journey and when you mentioned about the, the, the bag of sweets that that has been a very personal journey for me because I have struggled with um, food issues and um, emotional eating was a big thing for me and that was the first step for me actually in going to psychotherapy and going on that journey of kind of that deep dive into well, what's going on for me. So if I am craving food or trying to self-soothe with an external thing like sugar or chocolate or food, or it might be alcohol for someone, cigarettes, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're trying to self-soothe in a way, it's a red flag that something inside is just out of balance or out of harmony or maybe something in your life a need that you have isn't being met so we try to meet these needs by putting external stuff into our body in a way to kind of numb it down mm. to suppress it tighten it um but eventually you know we all know what happens then we get feel guilty and there's the shame and all of that attached to to that so 
for anyone that you know is listening and is experiencing you know something like that i would always just say you know first of all we're all different so we all have different past experiences we have different you know upbringings environmental all of that so we we're all shaped by different things but as human beings we all experience similar emotions so to in order to i suppose help us heal or grow through or I don't like to say get better, but whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, we have to try and find what works for you. So, you know, talk therapy and movement, exercise, journaling, breathing, meditating, uh, wholesome food and beverages as much as possible, you know, healthy relationships, getting out in nature, having fun, laughter, you know, that sense of community and connection with with friends because it releases oxytocin. These are all just really kind of, I suppose, well-being pillars are a plan that you can put around yourself to try and support yourself. And then just asking yourself when one of those is off kilter, is that contributing to maybe how I'm feeling or how I'm not being met or fulfilled in my life? Mm. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, no, that's really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So just for people listening, if they do have emotional eating issues, to just try different things and see what works for them. Yeah, you see, with emotional eating, really, it's emotional eating is when we eat to suppress or to meet an emotion. Mm-hmm. And really what it is, it's a way that we almost escape ourselves or we leave ourselves um, in order to not feel whatever it is we're not we're trying to escape from. Um, and it, in a way, emotional eating, if it's anything, it's it's not that we have a massive hunger for food or it's not that we're just constantly hungry or craving stuff. It's actually that we have a hunger for life and whatever is going on in your life right now, there's just something that's not being fulfilled or met. And I really look at four pillars, which I call primary foods. And this is something that really helped me in my own life. And really I I use it with clients as well. And it's like your foundation. And your four kind of primary foods are your relationships. So, you know, who do you surround yourself with? Are you in a relationship that's really nurturing you and nourishing you in a way that you need your needs to be met? And also what's your relationship like with yourself? So if we're constantly judging or self-sabotaging or comparing ourselves or just being really hard on ourselves, that's going to create an internal negative toxic self-image. And, you know, I, I use this phrase a lot, but and I just think it's true because there's no amount of green juice or kale salads that will alkalize a toxic self-image. And that has to be worked on from the inside out. And that's doing things like self-compassion, your self-care, you know, just allowing time for yourself to do things that really nourish you um, saying no more and saying yes to yourself. And that, it's not a selfish thing, but it's just in a way that's more balanced. So you're not always giving your energy away to other people. You actually start to fill up on what you need to nourish yourself from the inside out. Um, so the relationships is a big pillar. Uh, the second one is your career. So where you are in your life and, and where you're spending most of your time. So your work, you know, are you in a job that's you know, really energizing you? Are you passionate about it? Are you bringing your soul to work? Are you your authentic self in there? Or are you going in and you've kind of clothes on, the mask on, and, you know, you just go into this role because you think that's how you should be? Because over time, 
the soul will get tired of that. And it was kind of like me in the pharmacy, something started to call and something started to scream. And I wasn't feeling really passionate or fulfilled at that space. So looking at your career. And then the other two is physical activity, which is, you know, that's self-explanatory, but that's moving the body. You know, as I said earlier, energy and motion, and that's finding something that you like to do. It might be dancing, you know, yoga for me is a massive one. Um, getting out in nature for a walk. It doesn't have to be hard thumping gym stuff. You know, it's just literally something that moves the body um, for you, swimming, those kind of things. Hmm. And then the last one is that, that pillar, which we call spirituality. And, and this can be a funny one for people because they think, oh, religion, God, all of these things. And people have mixed emotions around that. But really spirituality is, it's anything that just gets you off the treadmill of life even if it's for five minutes or 30 seconds and it just gets you to stop to unplug from the busyness of the world and you unplug from the external world and you start to plug into your internal world and it's only then that you can kind of you know hear your own voice because when we're so busy in everyone else's world and we're scrolling on instagram and on watching everyone else what they're doing or you know, we're on social media or listening to the news or whatever it is we're doing, we're constantly in other people's lives and other people's thoughts, opinions, judgments, fears. And that can like almost by osmosis trickle into us. So it's important that we allow ourselves time and space to unplug from all of that mm -hmm. so that we can actually hear, well, what's going on for me today? How do I feel today? What are my thoughts? What are my dreams? What are my beliefs? What are my passions? what makes me happy and that sense of spirituality is that and I mean that that can vary as well so it's literally you know give yourself a few minutes to even if it's going to have a bath tonight you know or I'm going to curl up with a, a good book or a meditation or I'm going to get to my yoga class whatever it is and it's just finding that time and space so those four pillars um, are your primary foods and they're kind of like the four tires on your car if one of them is blown out or burst open it doesn't matter if you're putting in the best diesel in the world and that that's how sometimes we can get over confused or obsessed with healthy eating yeah. which is really important of course but if your foundations if the tires are blown out and we're not looking at those it's, it's kind of like well how can I drive the car how can I, I be really healthy or have that integrated approach so if somebody is struggling with emotional eating I just maybe use that formula with them and ask them ask yourself how are my four tires? How are my four pillars? Are any of them maybe not nourishing me or out of balance? Or is there something I maybe need to look at? And then by default, if you do that, you naturally will start to fulfill from the inside out. So you won't have a big hole in the soul, which I call anorexia of the soul, that needs to be stuffed down with external food. And it's a subtle, it's a subtle thing, but it's a very profound thing once, once you make those insights and have those awakenings. And how often, Miriam, would you review your four pillars just to make sure that they're all inflated tires? <laughs> yeah, yes, it's a very good question. And um, but I, I probably need to do it right now, actually. Um, but ideally, ideally, once a month would be a great way to do it. Um, if you could even just set, set aside five or ten minutes and just literally draw out your four pillars and ask yourself where you are or maybe scale it from one to 10. So where am I out of 10 in this section this week or this month or this, you know, two months or whatever it is for you. 
Um, but ideally, kind of every four to six weeks would be a great way to do it. And then if there is something that you need to change, give yourself that four to six weeks to really stick with it. Mm. Um, because it's not an overnight thing either. It, these things are kind of, it's a process and it's a journey. And especially when you're looking at pillars like that, there's a lot in them. Mm-hmm. And they're not just quick fixes. So it's really give yourself the time to to work on it and stick with it and get support. I mean, if you need support, make an appointment, go to see someone, talk to someone, maybe even just meet up with a friend who, you know, you feel safe with and you can trust or, you know, so get the support when you when you do need it and and know that you're worthy of that support. And it's it's okay not to have to do everything on your own. Like we we're all human beings and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay not to be okay. And it's, it's okay to have fears and doubts and worries and, and also be, have, you know, uncertainties and be in the unknown. Mm. You know, when I, when I left pharmacy and went into the world of being self-employed, that was huge unknown. And with that brings a lot of, you know, for me, it brought a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. You're looking over, what am I going to do? You're used to being in this rigid kind of, controlled environment you know what you're doing every day to this vast openness and it took me a long time to really flick that on its head and say well that's vast openness opportunity instead of going that's vast openness there's nothing there there's lack limitation and that takes time and you know that it, you just have to work through that and I think we're all different and we work through it in different ways but for me, that was a big, big anxiety and fear. And I'm still working on it. I'm still, I'm still there, but it's definitely, it's uh, getting, it's clearer for me now. Mm. I'm the same. Like I'm starting to work part-time now and it, you get spurts of overwhelm trying to like balance the working day. And it's like, oh my God, what do I do? So what tips do you have for dealing with overwhelm? Yeah. Oh, here, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what I what I do, and I, I find that it it does help. It helps so much actually when I do it. And this isn't to say you're you're not going to ever feel overwhelmed. You still will, mm. absolutely. And in a way, the kind of the overwhelm or the fear is, I try and flick it on its head as much as I can. So instead of you know fear f e a or flee everything and run, I kind of think of it as feeling excited and ready. Oh, you know, because, yeah. So I heard that recently and I just, I was like, I really like that because that's really what fear is because it's, it's almost like there's an excitement there, but sometimes we don't back ourselves enough to believe in ourselves that you can do it. Yeah. And then we tell ourselves and that's the flee everything and run takes over. It's like the fight <laughs> or fight, you know? Um, so what I do is this thing called a code, C-O-D-E, and it's your calendar of daily events. And I literally have a journal beside my bed. And so every night I will write out my code. So I divide it into, so basically your code is, it's something that you're going to do every day for yourself. And it becomes your non-negotiables. So whatever happens in the day, I know obviously there will be some you know, situations where it may not, but as often as you can, these become your non-negotiables. So these are just things that you do every day and you prioritize them because you know when you do them you feel better and you're a better person mm. uh, and not only for yourself but for every, your loved ones you know if you're better in yourself you're going to be a better mom you're going to be a better wife daughter sister employee boss whatever it is so this code I keep a little journal beside my bed 
and I divide it into mind, body and spirit because for me they're the pillars for integrated wellness. So I do MBS and so I write down my, my mind. So what's the one thing, you might write down a few things, but even if it's just one, what's the one thing I'm going to do tomorrow for my mind? So it might be meditation or maybe it's a visualization. Maybe it's prayer. Maybe it's gratitude. Maybe it's, you know, journaling, whatever it is, just something that you're going to do for your mind the next day. And then I do the same for the body. So what's one thing I can do for my body tomorrow? So it might be I'm going to go to my boxing, do my yoga, maybe I'm making a green smoothie or I have my hot water and lemon, whatever it is. So just one thing or a couple of things that you know that you'll do tomorrow to nourish the body. And then the last one, S for the spirit of the soul might be, you know, I'm going to meet up with a friend today because that nourishes my soul by meeting and connecting. Um, it might be I just phone my mother, you know, or I'll have a bath or I get out in nature this weekend or I'll watch Netflix and just chill out because I know I, I need it and I'm tired. So that'll nourish me. So <laughs> just finding something that, you know, at that moment, you know, I need to do this for myself tomorrow to try and rebalance myself and just kind of check in and it's a good check in. And then the next night you do the same thing and you reflect back before you go to bed. And I kind of, sometimes I'll say a lesson for the day or my mantra for tomorrow or my positive affirmation for tomorrow will be, and it's just a nice way to kind of keep you in that check-in mode with mind, body, spirit every day. Am I nourishing myself on all aspects? Um, so I think that, that that's something that I find very useful. I am definitely going to start doing that, Mariam. Good, <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing. Mariam, since you're like, health guru what would be like a typical day of healthy eating in your life um well firstly i wouldn't call myself a guru <laughs> but, um i actually was watching um a thing on, on netflix the other night with yogananda and um it was very interesting because they mentioned just when you say about guru they said a real definition of a guru is somebody that doesn't you know tell you how to live your life or kind of you know preach or whatever you want to call it what they do is they allow you to hear your own voice and they allow you to tap into your own divinity and your own calling and your own wisdom and I just thought that was what beautiful way of describing a guru because I think we can get mixed up in you know our, our Instagram followers and we can follow everyone and take their word as gospel but we have to realize that we are our own gurus and our deepest wisdom and our deepest lessons and learnings in life often they come from within and they resonate deeply with yourself so but what what would i do a typical day um so from a lifestyle perspective a typical day would be i'd always start my morning with some hot water and lemon um it's just for me i find it just brilliant and sometimes i add in apple cider vinegar um and that's the first thing i'll try and put into the body it just helps to flush the body helps to start the detoxifying process to cleanse um you know the liver and any fat that might be sitting in the system overnight so it's just a really really good way and gets the gets the bowels and gets everything moving just get it, everything flowing um that's kind of what i'd start off with and then depending on where i'm at in that day so i might i'm boxing or yoga i'll head to that and then when i come back i'll have my breakfast so that would always generally always consume a porridge um i'm a big porridge fan so porridge and then i add in a lot of things on top of it like your linseed and flax seed and sunflower seeds pumpkin seeds chia seeds all of that your nuts and seeds 
Um, I loved putting a dollop of my Meridian um, peanut butter. Mm. Um, yeah, or, or whatever brand I have. There's so many good brands out there at the moment. Um, a dollop of that, maybe a drop of honey, and that would be my my breakfast. And sometimes then I'll add in some some fruit. So maybe it's grapes or bananas or whatever. I make it with water. And uh, then most days, not every day, and I've kind of slipped a little bit recently because I was traveling a lot over the last couple of months. So um, I was away, which made it a little bit harder, but I do love to make my green smoothie. Um, and I literally throw whatever I have in the house into that. <laughs> uh, there's no hard science. There's no like fixed recipe. I'm literally one of those people. I'll just fire everything in. Um, because if it's good food, and it's wholesome, and it's real, and it's natural, well, then it's good for you. That's, exactly. that's my my take on it. Um, but it would always be predominantly green-based. So I would always try and do three, at least three vegetables to one fruit. So celery, you know, kale, cucumber, avocado, spinach, whatever you have. I'm growing my own lettuce now, so I pop Ooh. that in. Yeah, and mint <laughs> and parsley. Yeah, I'm so proud of myself. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and like we only have a small back garden, so it's nothing huge, and it's great. It's so actually, it's very doable to grow your own herbs and plants. You don't need big space. Um, so if anyone is wanting to do that, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'd have my green smoothie, and I'd add in um, again, kind of sometimes that spirulina or whatever I have in the house, and mustard seeds. Whiz it all up, and uh, lemon and ginger as well is a big one to put into into the, the smoothie. And then from there on, my day, because I'm self-employed, I could be anywhere doing anything or I might be working from home. Um, but I would, oh, I love like fresh, real food. So I, I eat a lot of salads um, and, and I eat fish. So usually fish dinner or vegetarian. So I, I'm not a big meat eater. So um, I'm not a strict vegetarian or anything, but I, I just don't eat meat really. Mm. Um, I've never, I've never had a, a love for it. So that's the exact um, same as me. I is it yeah yeah and eggs and a wee bit of cheese but not not attempted by meat yeah I'm the exact same yeah it's exact same yeah um yeah and I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge egg person either so I have to be very careful about my protein and it's something that I, I need to be more mindful of is to kind of get my protein levels up and where they need to be because um I don't eat meat or, or eggs really mm. but I do I'm a big fish person so um, that's kind of typically typically what I would do. And then I, I do love my dark chocolate with a cup of tea in the evening time or whatever it may be, or my herbal teas. Um, I'm a big one for the herbal teas as well. So, Which, What's your favorite herbal tea at the moment? Well, I'm actually drinking this one right now and I love it. It's three fennel from Puka, the Puka range. Mm. Uh, it's gorgeous. So I love fennel. Um, it's really good for the digestive system as well. So anything licorice or fennel, I really love. Yeah. Mariam, as soon as I finish this podcast, no joke, I'm going to go to Asda and just buy all them vegetables and <laughs> recommendations <laughs> you just listed. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> and if, if I, I, another thing is, you know, with, with our fruits and vegetables, it's just trying to get them from a good source uh, and getting them local and organic as much as possible. Mm. Um, because just they are they're unfortunately in today's world they there's a lot of chemicals and stuff being pumped onto them so um eating with the seasoning seasons eating natural eating local produce going back to basics trying to source it from a local market or 
and just you know going organic as much as you can when it comes to the thin skinned vegetables um i would and, and it's not always easy and i would say look at you know don't get hung up on it but mm. if you can it's better to go with the natural local more organic produce especially for your fruit and veg mm, i look into it and how do you find out like what local markets are on or it's just doing a bit of research yeah. um and then you have yeah and then you have like researching in your area a lot of times you just have local markets and they're popping up actually again more and more which is great to see um because people are looking for this and people are wanting to go away from all the plastic and the packaging in the supermarkets and things like that so um but in your supermarkets even like super values and your aldis and stuff they are now doing a lot more of the organic ranges which is which is wonderful to see um, but even just, you know, inquiring in your local area, are there any markets at the weekends? Um, because a lot of the farmers will come and they'll just say their produce at the weekends. Um, and then there are a lot of companies online that deliver. So I know in Galway, there's one called Green Earth Organics. Um, Kenneth, and he's actually going to speak at Soul Space this year as well, talking about the importance of our, our vegetables and fruits and how they're grown. Um, but they deliver all over the country. So there are um, great companies out there now that do all organic and that will deliver to your door. You just order online. And Maria, you mentioned Soul Space there now. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah. Um, so myself and my husband, Jerry, we um, came up with this, this idea, this concept last year um, called Soul Space, the experience. And I suppose we just wanted to run something um, on a scale that's not massive but but can reach a larger audience um so we've kind of developed a kind of a boutique style festival and it's an event whereby we can come together and i suppose really we wanted to create a safe space where people could come and have open and honest conversations about life about their health about you know lifestyle about business whatever it might be that, that's going on in their lives and do it in a way where it's real, it's authentic. There's no judgment or comparison. And we're starting, what we really want to do is to create these conversations that give people the license and the permission to be themselves in today's world. And to have then speakers come in and share their knowledge, their journey, their experience in a very real way and it just can help to inspire someone or help someone know that they're not alone on their journey. And, you know, we have a quite a vast, um, you know, message out there and different themes and topics that will be discussed. Because I think for us, when it comes to well-being, it can be a little bit superficial on some level where we just think of food and we just think of fitness. Mm. When really the deeper elements of what makes a person truly well a lot of the time goes on beneath the surface, the emotional stuff, it's the mental stuff. Um, and a lot of the stuff that we untold stories that we keep within for fear of judgment or shame, which can manifest in the body and cause anxiety and, and disease. And that's why this year we're really kind of looking at topics around lifestyle as medicine and preventative medicine, but also bringing in trained, qualified practitioners from the field of medicine, psychology, um, you know. Uh, sleep therapists, fertility coaches, career advice on, on transition and change, um, looking at our mental, emotional and, and spiritual health. So it's, 
really having that broad spectrum whereby people can kind of come and there's something for everybody, but it's done in a very safe way. And I think last year, I suppose for us, it was just very, very humbling to get some of the feedback from people saying, you know, they had really healing experiences or, you know, they've now done something in their life, which they might not have done if they hadn't been there because they heard something or they had a conversation with somebody. And, and often it's, it's not even in the talk. Sometimes it's, you know, the powerful magic that happened last year was people sitting in the courtyard, having a cup of tea with someone and just having a chat. And from that, they got a moment of insight or something was shared, which was very profound, which was liberating for that person. So that's really what we wanted to do. It's soul space. So it's a space for your soul and a day for your soul and a day to be ignited and be inspired and to meet wonderful people and hopefully make make connections and, and friendships that actually last for life as well. And is it one day long and just on one day a year? Yeah, so um, last year was the first year and it was a one day event and this year is the second year. And for now, it's kind of, we're keeping it to the one day event as an annual kind of like a flagship event. Um, and it's on in Clare Galway Castle, which is a beautiful venue. It's an old restored castle. So it has, when we talk about soul, like there's so much soul and energy in, in the castle. Um, and it's on the 15th of September this year. So it's a Sunday and it'll start at 10 and go till about 4, 4.30 in the day. And then there's a mix of talks, workshops going on all day. And there's um, experiential classes as well. So there's yoga and meditation and mindful um, movement and sound healing. And all of that is going on within the day, as well as the talks and the seminars and the Q&As. And everyone is welcome or is there a criteria? Everybody's welcome. Um, we, we did put an age that's so over 18 on it last um, and, and this year as well. Um, but everybody is welcome. And I think the biggest takeaway from last year was we were so delighted that it was 50-50 men and women, um, which was wonderful because a lot of wellness events is, it's, it's women with, you know, going around in the yoga pants <laughs> and, and the men feel like, oh, I don't want to go to that. And that's not for me. Um, so last year it was very 50-50 because I suppose we have a lot of male speakers as well, Brent Pope, and we have a lot of sports people talking about, you know, life and sport and, and all of that. So it's applicable to everybody and, and all ages. So we had people in the early 20s last year, late teens to people in the 60s and 70s. So it was a great mix. And I think that's, that's the reality of life because it doesn't matter what age you are, we're going to be experiencing challenges, whether it's grief, loss of a loved one, you know, financial problems, whether it's a marriage breakdown, relationship breakdown, we all go through that at all ages. So I think it's, it's trying to equip people with, you know, relevant and practical and safe tips and tools where people can start to develop not only their physical fitness, but their mental fitness and their emotional immune system and try to balance that so that when challenges happen, you know, we can maybe come from a, a deeper place of stability and that can help us get through these times. Miriam, if we could, if you could have one quote to share with the world right now at this stage of your life, what would it be? One quote, mm, that is a good one. Um, I would say, if there is something in your heart 
if there is like a calling or some burning desire or passion and it's in your heart, trust that it's there for a reason and trust that God has put it there because the potential for you to do this is real and that you have the ability. It wouldn't be placed in your heart if it wasn't being sent from a higher source. And if it's going to bring healing and help and service to the world, who are you not to follow that? Because you are worth it. And we all have incredible gifts, talents, abilities. They're all different. They come in different ways, some through songs, some through writing, some through whatever it is, and through food, through creativity. And it's for you to follow that, listen to that, hear that, because you've no idea the impact you can have on other people's lives by simply following your gift and your light. Playing with that, Miriam, that was lovely. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for having me on and for for uh, having this conversation. It's been wonderful. It's been very nourishing. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to that podcast conversation. Your support really does make a difference. So if you would like to share this podcast with friends or family, that would be incredible. Or if you would like to rate and leave it a review on iTunes, that would be super, super helpful. If you have any recommendations on ways I can improve, just get in touch. I'm always happy to hear and I hope you have a lovely week.